Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Art Here Refugees podcast. Ted here, John here, not live on a Monday night, unfortunately. Sorry, folks. We're we're a couple people running full time who also are crazy enough to host a podcast. So sometimes <laughs> things just get in the way and we just don't have the energy. Uh, energy to, to go forward with the live show. So we apologize for that. We will be back. Obviously, we will definitely be back next Monday. There'll be a lot of soccer to talk. Um, I'm sure you guys all enjoyed the Champions League that was today. I enjoyed the Henny Derby on Saturday. John, how was your weekend, my friend? I did not enjoy the Champions League today. I'll tell you that because I have <laughs> I have I have redownload as I said before. I have redownloaded the uh, the gambling app, and I should not because I have horrible. I should in fact just bet <laughs> the opposite of what I think will happen because I almost. Inversely, that's what I can do. Other than that, uh, pretty pretty good weekend. We've got some, you know, I think some probably good to talk about on the spirit side. Maybe some uh, medium, like very very medium conversation for the, for DC United. But it's a very important game coming up tomorrow night, and I will be in the fancy pants seats uh, on the field level Ooh. because they were for some did, reason on sale. So I went and bought did, them. Did, did you go to the uh, to the to the game on Saturday? Were you there? Or were you watching on the TV? Like watching uh, on the old TV, watching on the old TV. Okay, yeah. So uh, obviously DC United zero zero draw. Washington Spirit two nothing victory. Uh, I, I I will mention that that uh, it is looking like the sadness of of my soccer teams and and playoffs and twenty twenty was a weird year. I think the kickers probably deserved to make a playoff spot in a normal year, uh, but they are. On the cusp of making the playoffs, DC's in a dogfight, uh, and the Spirit made the playoffs. So good, good news for my soccer teams. That was an incredible. I, I I do want to talk a little bit about the Henny Derby and just the incredible experience. I uh, want to give a shout out to to my friend Elliot Barr, who was named the Fan of the Year by the River City Red Army. Uh, does an excellent job with the River City Red Army podcast. I know there is some DC Richmond crossover, uh, maybe maybe ever so much, even though my certain co-host. I uh, like to support the other side, but his side lost. So, you know, that, that, that I was I was better. devastated. I was so devastated. I didn't even know the game was <laughs> happening. So I really felt bad. about it. <laughs> I cried all weekend. It, it was it was a I, I, so we thought about it. it was an awesome game uh, that, that that game gave me uh, I, I think it was the highest attended game. Um, so I know the kickers are probably really pumped about that. It was probably the most uh, exciting uh, Richmond kickers game I have ever been to. Uh, one of the more exciting games I've ever been to. The video looked general. great. The video uh, you posted, yeah. it looked a lot more people than I, in my mind, went to kickers games. 3,500, uh, I think, was around the attendance. Usually they get around 2,000. Um, so there was definitely a push to try to get people out to this game. And I think a lot of it has to go to uh, the, the, I think a lot has to go to Elliot Barr. Uh, I can't remember the person in Madison. But kind of started off this sort of Henny Derby uh, and, and Madison fan. There were Madison fans that traveled. Uh, so this has become kind of a a, 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 a League One Derby uh, that exists between two teams that live in very, very opposite ends of the country. And I think it's gotten a lot of people up. Uh, I think a lot of people have sort of come for the experience. There were a lot of people that visited down. Uh, and I think that's great to see in, in a lot of ways. And it was, a, it was an incredibly fun game. Um, I, I was coming off a cold, uh, so I, I kind of powered through. Uh, going to the game, uh, but it was but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, uh, let's talk. Uh, let's first talk about the news that dropped today. Uh, long rumored news that I think finally has become official. Uh, the FIFA World Cup is now going to a two year structure after 2026. John, what are we? What are, what are your thoughts about this? This was Arsene Wenger's your... big thing for a while. He was sort of like one of the key drivers for advocating for an every two year World Cup. I think uh, it's a horrible idea for a bunch of reasons. Oh, yeah. So for a bunch of no, reasons. No one likes this. No. No one likes this. Players <laughs> hate it. 
the, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of the two players that uh, uh, Pedri for Spain, and uh, I, there was another player that sort of played. So I think maybe Mason Mount. Like the number of games they played because of international tournaments and the full season and everything else, they just played an absurd amount of games and their bodies are breaking down and it's only going to get worse. Things are things are special when they're special. Things are not special when they're common. So moving the moving the tournament to every two years devalues it on that front. It's all about media. It's all about making up the money lost in the last couple of years for these soccer teams and for these large associations that just apparently just need more money. Whatever that will fix it. <laughs> whatever the whatever it is, we'll just fix it by having more of the World Cups. What do you think? I yeah, I mean it's bad. I I, I don't know. So so what? It, so I I can't imagine MLS likes this. Um, I'm sure if you asked Don Garber, they'd be like, "Oh, you know, we support the the growth that will come to the United States by having a World Cup more often and everything." I mean, I, I they have to hate this because mm-hmm. now it becomes a question. The the Gold Cups, I think, is still every two years, or maybe they've moved that. You have Nations League, you have all of these other international based tournaments that have now ballooned and you're going to stage a 48 team world cup um every two years uh it's it's just ridiculous it it, it is it's becoming almost something something has to give that i don't i don't see how you can fit all of these things into an international calendar um I, i'm not sure I, I every club has to hate this every club has to yep. has to dislike what is happening right now, because these are the, you know, these are the players that they are going to be dropping the millions of dollars for. They're going to be paying a majority of their salary on the men's side. At least the women's side's a little different. Um, and, and how all that is structured, at least, at least for the U S women. Does it make the, um, does it make the move to playing over the winter more required? So if you're having this sort of like all tools down tournament every two years, instead of every four years where, you know, a, you're either going to play through it and no one's, you're going to, you're going to lose your hopefully your best players. You're going to have much less media and fan attention. All those things that sort of are against that. Is it? Do you think that that makes the transition to a different calendar more likely and sort of to match up with everyone else? I I, I don't see. I I I will probably be surprised, and I am sure they will keep the calendar that they have. Um, but I I really don't see how you can avoid it at this point. Mm-hmm. Because everybody, you know, the, the the biggest problem that MLS still 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 has to deal with is that they still play certain games during international breaks. Now it's not as bad as it used to be. It used to be there was, I mean, there were full weeks of games scheduled for every team during international breaks. Now it's very much a choice of the team and, and kind of how the schedule. Uh, but I mean, right now you're dealing with, you know, and then also they, uh, you know, MLS announces the Leagues Cup where they're going to take a whole month off. Uh, how does that fit in if every year you're going to have to also deal with international tournament? You know, you're going to have is now a... also every other year <laughs> update. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, again, but again, that that drives that's now driving Champions League qualification yep. for CONCACAF and everything like that. So, I mean, this is this is a mess. And, and I, I don't know, you know, I don't know how MLS, the leagues respond. I don't know how the national teams respond. And I, I think. I, I wonder like what what will be, you know, if there's going to be some fallout from players, will players just be like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to play in this, you know, this this FIFA World Cup every two years. I mean, I, I just can't do it. I'm going to retire from international play. Um, you know, I, th- something has to give here because this is w- when are players supposed to have a break? Never. When are they supposed to get an actual offseason now? If you have a top player, he's going to be playing league matches from August to May and then he's going to be playing June to July and then he gets right back into his season. 
there are going to be injuries. There's going to be players piling up. Careers are going to be shorter. Uh, and this is all just for the, the, the clear option. There, there's no competitive advantage here. Money. It's all about money. So, And also, you know where those games of rest are going to come. They're not going to come in the summer. They're going to come for club for the club teams that are paying their wages. They'll be like, well, I had to play for my country. And you, also, FIFA requires requires you to release me, so I'm going to go. But then mm-hmm. I've got a contract with you, but I need some rest. And so, therefore, the beginning of seasons, somewhat like this happens sometime in the EPL when there's, um, and probably in other leagues too, but this is the one I follow and know more about, but... Uh, after the Euros, usually the first month of the season, those players ha- were not in camp. They don't feature. You're getting a lot more mm-hmm. rotation in the squad. Like, but the problem, like, <laughs> granted, now DC United's not going to have too many. Likely, not going to ha- would not have too many players playing in a World Cup. Maybe a couple. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, max two, two or three, maybe. So depth depth for them not so big of a problem. But another another. I mean, places. the 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 thing the thing the thing is that sorry, I don't mean to interrupt John, but the thing to think about is is that the expanded you're talking field. about a ma- the expanded field of forty eighteen. Yeah, you're right. Costa Rica. I, you're gonna and... see yeah, your Costa Ricas, your Honduras, your El Salvadors are gonna have a much more likely chance of featuring in these games. If you're talking and then you're talking also about South America as well yep. getting more so I like that as well. I do like the expanded yeah. thing. That's the only good thing about this. I do. I do like having some. Now they're not going to win, right? Probably. I mean, the, the, like likely they're probably not going to win. Mathematically, they're they're less likely to win. But anything can happen. I, that part is good. Keep it every four years. Expand the base a little bit. So let countries that never had a chance, understanding that you're again sort of diluting the specialness of what was there before, and qualification becomes lower stakes. But if you're going to do something that is diluting it, at least. That at least creates opportunities for Cinderella stories that weren't there before. That's okay. Every two years, though, I think is indefensible on any front. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what this does. I, I mean, I don't know what this does about the Euros. I mean, I, my biggest thing is, again, is talking about every year there's going to be an international mm-hmm. tournament. You're Nations League. 20, 20, 20, and you have Nations League. I, I, I think this might, this might kill, kill that. Yep. I think this might, this might be the end of that. Or Nations League just becomes the qualifier for the World Cup. Yep. That that I could see happening, and they're like, you know, what? we're just going to do it this way. Um, but again, I think that gets into a whole another issue. It, well, it um, is a mess that they are creating of their own doing that they didn't need to do. That that, that is clear. Yeah, they've, exactly. they've, they've created a big problem for themselves, and now they got to figure it out. Exactly. We'll see. I I've seen situations like this where they're like, oh, we're going to do this, and then they kind of walk it back. Oh no, never mind. You know, oh, we got you know, we're going to walk it back. Um, we didn't we'll want to see, mess we'll with Nations League. <laughs> we were going to do it, yeah. but then we realized that we just spent all that money on cool branding for Nations League. So we've got to we got to back it up. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, let's talk. Uh, let's kind of shift gears. Let's let's sh- shift more to the near the near uh, the near the local concern. The far future local concern. Uh, we have the um, we have DC United zero zero draw to Nashville uh, facing uh, suddenly a slew of injuries again. I think we're we're going to talk a little bit about that. Yep. Uh, John, you kind of watched this live. I, I have had I put it on while I was trying to focus on work and at least get a little bit into it uh, and watch the game and at least have a little bit of things to say about <laughs> it. Uh, I was I was at the kickers game, so I did not watch it live. What were your some of your impressions? Uh, I don't know if you had a chance for a repeat viewing. I have any, not. Yeah, few other... and, few and far between opportunities. I think Nashville is known for their ability to to, to sort of uh, lock it down and. Normally, DC United, even when they face teams like that, they'll still concede. They have only drawn, I think, is it, is it four times on the year? Four or yeah. five? 12 wins, 12 losses, four, four right. or five draws. Yeah. So so that's unfortunate. Bill Hamid, once again, saves the day. Uh, I think in the 80th minute or 82nd minute, there was a chance for Nashville to score on the near post. Uh, he he kept that out. There was a shot off the, off the post. 
uh, in the first 15 minutes by Ola Kamara. But other than that, mm-hmm. it was largely sort of two. Well, th- Go ahead. Though there was an opportunity, probably the best opportunity in the, in the game that actually forced a save uh, was uh, was Russell Knauss, uh getting in on a header uh, from a from a set piece opportunity. Yep. Um, I will say though that so for for me positively defensively this was probably the best defensive performance um, we've seen from this team. Uh, C.J. Sapong is, is a normal normally like United killer. I am sure at least thirty to forty percent of his goals total goals his career have come from from punishing DC United. Uh, and he was basically kept in a kept in a bottle the whole game. Um, it was kind of funny you watch the broadcast. I think when he got subbed off, they were like, oh yeah, CJ Sapong played in this game. <laughs> Usually we're talking about him being on the score sheet, but he was really a non-factor. Uh, they bottled up Mukhtar. I don't think Mukhtar got anything. Uh, just just so, that I mean, one really, shot. Just that one shot, correct. I, I, they, I mean, they only had two shots on goal. I think it, you know, it was a good performance by DC United from defensively. I do think that Nashville was setting out to get a draw on the road. They're, based on their position on the table, it was not as important to them to get three points. Uh, DC United really would have liked it. Uh, really, really, really would have made their uh, their days uh, their days a little bit less stressful here in the next four games. But uh, you know, like you like you alluded to, injuries continue to be a problem. We did get to see Adrian Perez come back from a long term injury from a broken foot. I just found out today that Roman Avila also had a broken foot. Uh, for the time he was out. Oh, wow. I, unless I misread that. But maybe it would be a very quick recovery if that was the case. Let me quickly. Yeah, but either way, uh, that was a, an opportunity for them to. I don't want to say this was the better opportunity of the two. New, you're facing one and two in the East. Uh, you know, here in, here in this here in this week. So I, I think that out of the two, maybe that would have been the one that you're more likely to win at home. New England may be a tougher task. But uh Nashville just decided to to make that not possible. It's it's a, it's a good thing to face that, right? In the playoffs, you're going to have teams uh, be able. To, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the MLS Cup playoff uh, format has changed so many times. I don't quite remember now where we're where we're currently situated as far as home and away legs uh, in the early in the uh, early stages. Does that still exist? No, there's no there's no more no no more home and away. It's all single all single game. Thusly, you probably will house. not find teams uh, setting up like this <laughs> against DC United. Uh, that will probably not be the way. If they do get into the playoffs, they will probably be facing teams that are, are going to more like bring it to them. Uh, but either way, I, I think that it was it's good that some of the players who were out got a, got an opportunity, and you would have liked to seen DC United maybe eco one nothing went out, but uh, they've got another chance here uh, in 24 hours. I think I think this 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 game signified to me that as much as we as much as maybe we had this idea that maybe we would get a chance to, to host a playoff game or to get a home playoff game in that first round, you know, if we finish third or fourth. Uh, I think right now Nashville's <laughs> clear 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 and far away. Philadelphia has has rebounded. Uh, Orlando has started to rebound, and and I and I'm trusting I'm trusting Matt Doyle in what he has said, but he says Orlando's schedule coming up is pretty, pretty, pretty weak uh, as far as their opponents. So he, you know, he's he's projecting they will be fine. Um, Atlanta is is competitive. Uh, it, it's going to be the I think we all have this team now as kind of comfortably in the playoff, you know, playoffs. Right now, I think there there is still a chance they can miss the playoffs. Um, they they do not have an easy. Uh, an easy schedule coming up, a schedule that maybe in August looked a little bit easier than it actually is um, because uh, New York is still a good team. They got them on the road. Obviously we have no, New England's good. So I'm, you know, I'm by, I'm overlooking that game for now because yep. we know they're good. 
it's a home game. You expect you expect them to get a win. Um, I think they can survive with a draw, but it puts more pressure on the next. If they can if they can figure out a way to get a win, I think it would it would go a long it gives way. Gives them a margin of, of error. That. It gives them a margin of error yeah. in the next. In the, if not, <laughs> the, although yeah. similarly, just like Nashville, uh, New England has this thing in a walk. So it'll be interesting to see how much they've got. They've got no injuries for this game. No questionable. No nothing. Everyone's available. So you might see some rotation here in a game that does not mean as much to them as DC United on the road midweek. Um, something to consider, and we'll find that out. We'll find that out 90 minutes before kick. There's a question as to how much uh, how much Bruce Arena cares about the he, he cares about the supporter shield slash points record. Yeah, uh, he is well and clear of both of the of the shield. Whether he cares about the points record is is another uh, I think another question. Yep. Um. But uh, but 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 with regards, it'd be interesting to see what happens with this game. But I mean, looking ahead, they've got you know New York City on the road. There there is some talk, you know. Hey, this is the first game at at uh, at uh, at um, a Yankee Stadium that DC is going to play this year. Last game was at uh, was at Rebel Arena. The field's tight. It might serve DC well in this game. Uh, but New York City is a good team, and that that was always going to be a tough game. They have slid down to eighth. That just shows you how crazy things have been in the so Eastern tight. Conference. That New York, yeah, that New York. Uh, and then you've got two home games against New York and Columbus, which a month ago would look like pretty solid opportunities for them to pick up three points. And, and you would expect three points out of this game. You still do, but uh, Columbus has had a little bit of a resurgence. They've sort of kind of pulled themselves back into the playoff hunt. They're still kind of on the outside looking in uh, four points back, um, but they're de- they're definitely in the still in the hunt. Uh, and New York has had a really big resurgence. They've had actually one of the best uh, one of the best records. So that's going to be a team that's going to be hungry to, to look at DC as an opportunity to leapfrog them. Uh, and then you, of course, then wrap up uh, on the road for Toronto, uh, which is Toronto is not more said they've been terrible. They're still terrible. I think right now what I'm looking at this team is I just want to make sure that by that last game, we control our destiny. Because I think we, regardless of how our road record's been, you should expect Toronto is now your easiest game, in my opinion, yeah. of those of those remaining games. For sure, you should expect to go into Toronto and pick up a win. Um, that is an absolutely expected win that you need to have. They've got because nothing Toronto's to play for. They, it, it's pasted them seven to one yeah. at home. You should at least be able to do three one. Uh, they have they have they have not improved. They have not. They have maybe had some flashes, mm-hmm. like where it's kind of like a corpse when they have that little bit of a. <laughs> A little, they they kind of flat, like they uh, they get a little bit of a of a heartbeat for a second, uh, but they are dead, and, and DC should uh, should uh, should absolutely take care of them. I agree um, with you. Yeah, the, yeah. And let's talk about the injuries too, because I think it's important. Uh, so, yeah. so for this week, Brendan Hines Ike still listed as out. Obviously, I think that that I don't think he's going to beat the clock there on, on that on that recovery. I think he started to run, but he's not going to have enough time to really get any sort of game fitness in. Uh, Jordi Reyna and, and Edison Flores out until the season finale on November 7th. So that is a problem for a couple of reasons. Best case scenario on that, by the way. Right. Um, best case scenario. So, and Edison Flores, he's been injured a lot. So I have, I have enough data on this. He does not perform well right away from returning. He needs a couple games in the side to really get things going because he's not, he's not that kind of player. I think he's got to like field game flow, uh, to be able to contribute Jordi Reyna would have been a great player to be playing right now. I think he really he brings he brings when he's healthy, which is most of the time. Usually, he's not been that injured that often. He has a skill set that's different than some of the other players in the team, but unfortunately, he's not available. So you're really saying the rest of the team has to has to pull the has to pull the wagon across the line to get into the playoffs, and then hope and then hope that these weapons are ready. Paul Ariola should be ready next week 
against Red Bull. Fingers crossed, he has been in and out of the side uh, on the national team side and also with DC United. Tough year. I think that, that is to be expected on a full season, sort of still coming back. I, I think he probably from a, from a knee perspective, he's recovered there, but you get a lot of muscle injuries sometimes when you are recovering from a major injury like that. Your body is just not necessarily uh, ready and wired for it. So that's, I mean, that's a challenge. And, and the thing I wanted to share was a quote from Hernan uh, in Spanish from the last press conference about injuries. Uh, Mario Amaya asked him, how important is it to have players like Nigel Roberta and Adrian Perez uh, in the late stretch? What does it mean to have them back from injury? Hernan says, yes, they are recovered, but they're not 100% physically fit to play. Yes, we got them back, but they need match fitness to, and time to feel good. And there is no time. I'm happy to have them back, but frustrated to know in five games the season is over. This year, some of our guys have missed a lot of games. I think that is something we need to analyze from how we do our physical profiles, the manner we recover our players, and how we work with them on and off the field. I don't think it is normal to have so many players lose so many games which the club is paying a lot of money. It is an evaluation that we will make at the end of the year, but right now we must focus on the next game, which comes in three days. We must maintain positive uh, because everything is possible and it is in our hands. So I think I, I, obviously the second to last paragraph is the interesting one there. Uh, I like I like I thought the physical profiles one is interesting. So as a, what players are we looking for uh, in the future? Is that will will the way that we're going to play and the demands that we put upon these players' body change who we look for? I'm wondering if Nigel is is sort of a thought there. Sort of they brought him in and he has been had repeat. He had you know long term uh, scar tissue in his hamstring. I believe he's had I think two or three injuries this season where he's been unavailable uh, for certain different things. So I'm wondering if that's Something he's thinking about. Probably Edison Flores has got to be on his mind where he's talking about sort of just, uh, you know, uh, players that are being paid a lot of money by the team. And also Paul, too. So I, I, you yeah. feel for him in a way because every coach deals with injuries. But this team has so thin a margin for 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 moving on past those injuries and, and backfilling. Uh, I mean, this team was excited about Adrian Perez coming back. Adrian Perez is making like $45,000 or 50, whatever, the, whatever yeah. the minimum is. That's where we're at, right? Like, so it's... It you know it's an old story. Everyone's tired of talking about injuries. Aaron On is certainly tired of talking about it. But it is it it is something this team has to look at. It is something that is has cost this team points in the standings without a doubt. And, and I think this is something that the team needs. This is constantly, constantly an issue with DC. This is this has never not been an issue mm-hmm. in. For years, I, I'm gonna say even going back to the good days of like 04 to 07, the I mean, old sports were, hernia the run, epidemic that the team used to the have, the sports hernia, <laughs> the hamstring injuries, they were all there. And you know, I, I'm not gonna sit here and say every single injury is linked to this, but the lack of a dedicated facility for recovery, for having the the necessary means to to have recovery, that there is there is there is a a, I'm sure there is some relationship between why New England, despite the fact they play all their home games on turf, which is normally very heavily, they have that really nice facility, training facility that they built. And that can go a long way to having players recover, to make, you know ensuring you have the necessary uh, abilities and, and the facilities, and also having the training staff. I think there needs to be a massive investment from DC and training and, and keeping these guys healthy. Um, I, I think also, I wonder if Hernan is, is looking at the, his, his, this chance to see, okay, you know, I, I came into the situation, you know, there was a huge issue. My idea with fitness and, and these guys and how they're behaving in the off season. Well, now, you know, we're going to get into that off season. 
let's, you know, I'm going to instill my abilities of trying to keep these guys fit. We use this offseason as an ability to, to get guys healthier. I don't know. and But I, I think he is looking at, I mean, I, the player I would look at is Edison Flores. He has not had a consistent five, six months where he's gone without an injury. And he picked up another one, you know, again, playing 69 minutes down in, down in Peru. And I, and I think at this point, uh, you got to start to look at, you brought this new coach in. This was Edison Flores' chance, and I don't think he's really taken it. He's had a couple flashes of, of good things, and I, I would I would not be surprised if the team just says, you know what, whatever it takes, if we have to take a huge cut in how much we paid for him versus what we're going to get back, let's cut the fat or let's cut the let's cut the let's cut it off now. Let's give or not a chance to go find a designated player that he wants um, and a guy who can come in and change a game. Yep, uh, agreed. Or, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think you're right. I think that. I think that that was the one. The other interesting part was that he was brought up about uh, it was brought up about um, about a certain player, a certain other Argentine, Yamil Assad, oh, yeah. who was not in the eight, who was not in the eighteen at all. Um, I think that is a there's some there there's something going on there. I don't know if we'll ever figure out what it is. I think he'll be gone. That's for certain yep. at the end of the year. That that is no doubt at all. Yep. He, he's a guy you would you would you would have thought beginning of the year you hear about the team. Well, Yamil's probably playing right then. He's got to be out there. Probably making doing some moves. Nope, he's not in the eighteen. Uh, Moses Nyman not in the not in the eighteen either. I am hopeful that is for very different reasons. I am hopeful there is no tea leave reading there. Um, we've we've had some. Uh, I'll say we've had some players who who have play a couple couple good games and then they start to get a little bit too uh, big for their britches and they think they're hot. You know, they're 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 God's gifts to East United. And and then uh, suddenly uh, they're gone, <laughs> and I won't say which player, but I think everybody knows which player I'm talking about uh, with regards to that. So I'm hopeful that's not the case here because uh, we, we've talked with Nyman. Seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Seems like he really wants to be here, um, but we'll but we'll we'll see. Uh, that that was an interesting one, um, I, I, but I think more the more upsetness maybe about about Emil Assad. So and then also uh, tough stretch. Yeah, and then yeah. we we heard too the the. I'm told this is a recycling of the rumor, but uh, Red Bull uh, Salzburg was looking at Kevin Paredes. I remember that that was before, but it, it sort of recirculated now, maybe potentially into the January window uh, as something that's going on there. Paredes, obviously, of those two players, him and Nyman, has been getting the most consistent playing time. He is essential. He's an essential player in the starting 11 if he's fit. Um, I don't, you know, what's a problem for us to deal with after this season? The good thing is he didn't get sold in the summer and he's got this run. So we will we'll at least get a, a chance here, maybe, hopefully, uh, to see what he can do in the playoffs. But And then the last DC United thing I wanted to, the, to round off on uh, that you tweeted about on the Twitter on, on, our, on our Twitter account uh, about uh, Bill Hamid passing, uh, passing, finally passing uh, Thornton for, was it fifth overall in the, uh, in the clean sheet race? See, it's- See, I thought that was you. That must have been producer. Oh, Brian. producer Brian was wow. was taking taking care of it. Uh, no, <laughs> that yeah, sixth in in clean sheets here. Uh, Seventy seven clean sheets in two hundred sixty four appearances. So if you sort of extrapolate that out, he is on a rate that is better than almost everyone above him. Romando played a lot of five hundred fourteen games for Romando to get one hundred fifty four clean sheets. So yeah, that's a very similar pace to Bill. So I don't know, you know. That's a crazy level of longevity there that Nick Romando had in Salt Lake. Uh, but either way, and you, uh, Brian pointed out, too, the sort of like uh, the opportunities that he's had at the, at the national team level. 
I think, you know, now that I know that that was not neither you nor I, I think we both would admit that the time is the door is firmly closed. There's like nine yeah. latches on it. There are unfortunately too many goalkeepers that are excelling uh, on a different level in different places. And that matters to, to coaches. And it's just the way it goes. But I'm happy he's here. I hope he has a run as long as Nick Romano, because I can't imagine anybody else in net. And I wouldn't want anyone else uh, to be in that spot. And, you know, again, I, I will say, you know, Nick Romando is, I mean, sorry, uh, Bill Hamid is 30. Uh, so, I mean, right now, when you talk about goalkeepers, they age very differently from, you know, your your run of the mill. Really, I mean, you look at Nick Romando, he really didn't start to get the the accolades as a, as a great MLS goalkeeper uh, until his RSL days, I think well into his, like, pretty much well into his, like, you know, early to mid thirties. Uh, that's really when people started to recognize. Well, his team wasn't good until then. So he was playing on guard. Well, sort of Bill Hamid, kind of what Bill's doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I, I do think, I do think we will look at Bill Hamid. Um, he, he will be obviously, I, I mean, if he continues on this path, if he gets as many saves, he should still absolutely be a consideration for the U S soccer hall of fame club legend. I, I will beat his, I, I will beat him. I will beat his drum just as vigorously as I beat the drum for to get Jaime Moreno on the ballot. Um, and I hope. I hope you know. I, I think we've got you know at least maybe a little less than a decade more of Bill Hamid in goal. Um, I don't see this team moving on from him. Nope. Keep him in there. He's going to be a staple. I think right now. I think the European. I'm sure if another European team comes calling, I'm sure he would. He would not say no. But I, I think it's going to be a different scenario now. I you know I think he wants to be here. Uh, and I think he wants to try to win a trophy for DC. And I think at MLS Cup, uh, at some point in those, I'm, I'm, I'm projecting seven, seven, seven years as like a max here. Okay. Uh, so seven more years of Bill Hamid. Ramondo uh, retired at forty. So that's so that's yeah. that's the that's the, and and you know the the long the long laundry list of of goalkeepers in U.S. history who played and Casey Keller comes to mind like Brad Friedel. There are, we they we we make them we make them to last. Tim Howard, <laughs> they, they all kind of just keep playing into their late 30s. Uh, and then maybe last thing on DC United, more of a uh, page five or page six, not page five, a page six uh, gossip thing. Uh, Hernan Lozada and his girlfriend have uh, have uh, <laughs> become public based on inst- Instagram or a, a bunch of different stuff on Instagram. But the thing that was notable about that, it, if you've not had a chance, I'm going to make sure that I get her name right. Uh, but uh, she has got a very impressive uh, CV. I'm not sure if you checked it out, but her name is uh, Evelina Cabrera. She founded the uh, the Argentinian FA for for women, uh, and is now a coach. Uh, additionally, uh, on top of that, so Ernan is Ernan is has done very well for himself there. Very very accomplished woman. She's done, <laughs> done a bunch of other stuff too. Check her out. Uh, I saw Grant Wall tweeted about it too. So now it's it's very much out there. But uh, congrats to both of them. That's as, that's as gossipy yeah. as we get here. Yep. Yeah, I'm following her now on the show account. I just, I just, I just threw the the follow on there. We'll see if we get a follow back. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I did. I did. The you did. I just, I just saw you were on there too. So we did it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, good to see. And uh, but yeah, let's talk about to a team that is definitely going to the playoffs. It's done. It's and clinched. that is the work is done. The Washington Spirit. We get some good news. Uh, they going to the Oil Ring, getting a two nothing victory. Uh, just a, I mean, that was just for me. That was. Uh, and absolutely that that's the type of performance that I, I think they, they have those types of games in the playoffs. I, I, I think all rain is ahead of them. If I remember correctly. Yes. Right. Yep. They're like, 
Yeah, they have. They, they, have, they had not lost. They had not lost uh, for for quite a while, a couple months, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, that was that was a huge a huge victory for them. One game left, and they are they are still very much they they could uh, sneak into that uh, in, into that second place. It also really makes you wonder, you know, three their their gap is three points with the Ola Rain, and they were gifted a a, a three nothing victory via the forfeit. Yep, uh, really makes you wonder, you know, what this team could have been. Uh, this is this is a team that if 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 they if they're able to keep the core together, if they're able to continue to get better. Uh, this is, in my opinion, a NWSL powerhouse uh, in the making here in Washington. And I really hope uh, we, we also got the news that uh, officially, officially, there is a sale going on for the Washington spirit. Uh, unclear as to who there is certainly the a, most important a, question, really. <laughs> I think. Yeah, as to who uh, my hope I, I had a kind of a a glass half full view that like, I mean, she's. Michelle Kane's still out there. I feel like if she knew that there was a sale happening and she had no chance of being any involved in this, that she would I, – I, anybody I feel like would just kind of say, you know what, that I, I'm done. This is over. I've, I've been treated horribly. But she's still out there. She's still going to games. Uh, she's still spending time with the team. Uh, so I have to hope that she is still – if she is not the seller, she's at least – has communication with the seller and hopefully will be more involved with, with, with future um, operations with the club. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we still have not heard who the, who, the, who this club is being sold to what we hope it is not the club that is moving that it wants to move this club. Um, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see kind of what the, what the final result is to that. Uh, but obviously talking about the game, I, I mean, uh, goals, uh, I forget who scored the first Taylor goal. look up ta- uh, Taylor. Almer, Almer, she is, I believe, was signed as a replacement player. Yes, in July, mm-hmm. and scored her first NWSL NWSL goal, and it was well taken, uh, volley from the top yeah. of the box, sort of a ball that was bouncing around, I believe, uh, or across from the left hand side. Uh, got her off to a great start, <laughs> and uh, and honestly, too, when 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 they beat North Carolina, I was thinking on this short turnaround that the All Rain game was a punt, and you know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Andy Sullivan wasn't available from the start. That was a concern mm-hmm. uh, due to injury that she picked up, I believe, at the end of the Courage game uh, or in the middle of the Courage game. But uh, that that was not the case. <laughs> no, yeah, they they played really well, and again, Ashley Hatch uh, sealing the game off with an absolutely excellent, well, oh yeah, strike. Yeah, uh, certainly not, certainly not her 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 uh, her brand of goal usually. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to call her like a Peter Crouch esque uh, scorer of headers exclusively, uh, she, but that was probably. I don't think she's scored from outside the box so far this year. Maybe one of her. I believe now league leading 10, 10 goals. Chef, check me on that. Uh, but uh, certainly, you know, great to have that. Great to have that in her locker. That uh, I didn't know that she did. I'm just I, like you said. Uh, this team could have been even better, and they are now. Yeah. They are now succeeding in spite of only I would say themselves only with the COVID situation only that that was in some ways potentially uh, at least one player sort of self-inflicted some damage there not Devin Kerr but mm-hmm. some other player we don't know who uh, but also all of the off the field stuff they had no control over the fact that they are still winning mm-hmm. games is phenomenal Chris Ward taking over for Richie Burke a, a coach that no one had their eyes on sort of as someone who could could, could fill that spot. 
I no one now he's he's undefeated <laughs> as a as a as a spirit coach. No one everyone was talking about who they're gonna fill Richie with. They're gonna are they looking for a coach right now? No one's talking about that right now, and and, and they definitely shouldn't because this has been a uh, wonderful sort of writing of the ship for for Chris and, and the team. But yeah, I think the the sale looms over even this even the, even the success even getting to the playoffs. The sale looms over the over the team for are they going to still be here? The fact also that I think you I think you might have talked about this on Twitter or might have met him, producer Brian. Uh, December is after the expansion draft. It's after free agency. It's after a bunch of things that are not free agency, but you know what I mean, like player player acquisition windows. Uh, so what could he do? Come on, John. Are, are, are you saying that Steve Baldwin has a history of, of rage trading moves? Yeah, of no rage trading. No, I, I, I could. I, yeah. And that, and that is, that is, I, my hope is, is that there is a, some agreement to not do that. And that, you know, Hey, let the new owner make the decision here as to what he wants to do. Let, let I, my hope is, is that if Ben Olsen has any sway, he's saying, please do not rage trade anybody. No, you're not doing this. Uh, he has stepped away from the day to operations. I don't know. My, my hope is that that doesn't happen because I would hate to see, you know, him. There've been, I'm sure there've been more vocal players behind the scenes. It feels like maybe the idea of coming out as a collective right. was a way to kind of, you know, you can't trade all of us. So we're not going to say who, you know, who's who was the most vocal about what's been going on. Uh, but I think you pointed out Chris Ward. Does Chris Ward remain remain the head coach? Does he get the full head coaching gig in, in your eyes? I think it depends on the sale. I think it depends on who comes in. Um, it's hard to say without knowing sort of who's looking at. It. It'll be tough. It'll, I mean, he makes his, C, his, his CV is not uh, as impressive as somebody they're likely to want to bring in. But you cannot argue with his results. I think he's got a strong case for for staying on and seeing what he could do with a full season and sort of an opportunity to sort of put in the ideas that he has. But also, I can also see this team going a different direction. Particularly, uh, Michelle Kang is is the owner and gets an opportunity to sort of put things in the way that she wants. She has made a lot of statements about the need for women in in positions of power in the organization to to sort of counteract the last however many years here at the Spirit and also women's sports in general. So. I think that I think that's that may have something to do with it. They're gonna they're gonna want to approach that in a different way, maybe philosophically, um, than 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 another group. We'll see. He's done a great job. Whatever happens, I hope that he's able to uh, to to get another head coaching opportunity somewhere else because this is no Chad Ashton like couple games at the end of the Ben Olsen era opportunity. This is he has had a, this is an extended run and the team has has looked excellent. Yeah, yeah, they've looked. They've looked even better than they were under, uh, and I think we, we talked, you know, before the Richard era, we talked about how good this team looked and how competitive they were. They looked even better, which even more undersells how much of a problem Richie Burke was up and down the roster. Uh, we've seen players that maybe weren't having the best starts to the season uh, suddenly look really look a whole lot better uh, and look more like they are they are really big contributors. Um I, you know, Anna How- I think Anna Halfordy had a had a rough start to the season. Suddenly, Richie Burke comes in. And Richie Burke is gone, and suddenly she looks like an absolute uh, world class player out there. Um, so I think that that's there's a lot to be said about I think this season and what this team has accomplished. Uh, they have one more game. I almost had to like check myself because yeah. I feel like I've got so many other games I'm trying to keep track of. One more game, home, an actual home game at Audi Field against the Houston Dash, Sunday, August October 31st at 2 p.m. Uh, they have a chance to get a buy. 
there is this a real is wild. They own despite despite getting handed that three nothing. They have their two road win two road wins against the Ola Rain. They hold the head to head. Ola Rain are paying FC Kansas City, who are at the bottom of the table. Don't think I need to say that. So it is very unlikely. But if, if FC Cincinnati Kansas City can pull off a shocker and the Spirit win. They will be in second. They have won. The Kansas buy. City has won a couple games. Uh, they're they're on a bit of. I mean, for what that would would constitute for them a streak. Adriana French has come and really helped them solidify their defense. They're not conceding yeah. as many goals as they were before, so that's good for them. I, I, I you know, Houston has a winnable game at home. They have a long international break here. Hopefully, they've returned everyone back healthy because there's I, th- I believe five or six players uh, that are that are on duty. So. Yeah, they're in the playoffs. I, I, that, that's a guarantee. So we've got at least one team that we cover, sort of, an, with a postseason opportunity. We'll go, go, we'll go wall to wall on that. I'm sure we'll we'll make sure that we have as much coverage as we can possibly have on it. But congrats to the team for overcoming a bunch of ridiculous, ridiculous uh, adversity. And we hope that uh, you know all the national team players uh, do well and they come back and we we beat the dash and get a bye. And that that that's great. That the yeah. seeding. Well, the, the problem is all the team. It's well, basically sorry, sorry, no, wrong. I, I I should I should mention uh, Gotham FC actually have two games in hand over everybody. Ah. So in theory, they went out. They would move ahead of Oil Rain and and the Spirit uh, for that for that buy. Uh, so so I should mention that out because NWSL makes total sense. <laughs> uh, now they will be playing during the international break, so uh, we're curious to see how they're impacted. They've got at least a few players I know that are on. Uh, that are, that are you that are national team players. So I'd be curious to see how that impacts. They actually play Friday, October twenty second against Kansas City. Uh, then Thursday, October twenty eighth against Racing Louisville before closing out. Also against Racing Louisville. Um, please, schedulers, can you please just like? But by, by the time like you have the final game, everybody should be like everybody should be where they are. That's not here nor there. Also, get ready for Things the are crazy. End, the moved NWSL final to Louisville. Uh, uh, which is yes. also on an MLS uh, playoff window, or at least decision day, I believe is the. Yeah. So that's unfortunate from a scheduling perspective. We will make it work on our end, but uh, that it is good that they are no longer playing in Portland at nine in the morning. That is a, that is an unmitigated uh, success for the players to have that moved. Uh, but uh, you know, maybe the weekend and time window was not was not great to begin with, even. Yeah, and a lot of a, a lot of fans. Um... It's there, there was a lot of talk. I think a lot of uh, people were upset that they had either bought a flight or they had bought, you know, a plane. And, you know, that's it's unfortunate. And, you know, an NBA shouldn't shouldn't have made that decision. They should have uh, they should have realized uh, the stupidity of playing a game at 9 a.m. and right. what that would do. And well, uh, they were the decide, only two bids so to, to defend Portland, which don't, doesn't need to necessarily be defended. Apparently, they were the only franchise to go for with a bid for the final. So mm-hmm. it was one of those things where Louisville was supposed to, to host last year, but there wasn't a final. So that they opened it back up. I guess Louisville wasn't interested. And then Portland stepped up and said that they would host, host the, the final. It, it, I think just sort of like a uh, an imperfect situation that the they didn't do a good job communicating around. And then, like you said, there were a lot of people who booked, booked travel plans. I think someone said it before, like, Woso fans are insane. Like as soon as the, 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 the date and time was booked, people were on Google flights, like throwing, throwing their money and make sure that they would be there. Uh, so those people obviously have to, have to figure out other plans, but uh, I think overall better for it to be on grass, better for it to be in the middle of the day, uh, local time. And hopefully the spirit are playing in it. Yep. Hopefully how far, how, and... If they are playing in it, 
How far of a drive is that? It's too far, right? <laughs> it's, it's like it's like twelve hours. It's a bit of a drive. Yeah, it's 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 I'm trying to think because I've driven out to um in Tennessee. I guess that would be a little bit more south. So you're definitely cross. I mean, it's I mean, it's probably like maybe an hour past like driving to like Blacksburg or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. What if gas wasn't so high, I would say let's uh let's dip into the Patreon kitty and, and a fun trip out there. But I think it might bankrupt us. <laughs> it might. It might. Um, but yeah, but uh, should be sh- uh, good to see that the game has moved to a more reasonable time still on CBS, which I think is is still in a non. I feel like there was a lot of um, a lot of hand wringing about that. Uh, eight hours, forty nine minutes from. We could Richmond. do that. Um, we could do that. <laughs> we could make that happen. We could see we could live tweet. It. Um, yeah, we could, we could we could definitely see about that. I'm not sure. Ted's out. Ted doesn't um, want to do it. Any 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 it, uh, guest co-host? I have, I have other. I have other. I have other. I have I have a, a higher authority. I need to appeal that <laughs> to. Um, I'll just say that. Fair enough. As far as whether I would do that or not. Um. Yeah, I guess that would be anything else we want to cover. Anything else we want to talk about? Nope. I think I, I think want us to do. win, uh, and I hope you guys see me on TV because I think I'm like in the first row uh, on the on the quiet nice. side, on the TV side. So we hope, should go ahead. We should mention eighteen thousand fans at uh, at the game against Nashville, which I think is non is is a non insignificant. It's not a sellout. It's not twenty thousand. It's not a you know a full house, full full packed house. But I think it does undersell my point that I've always said that winning. When this team is fun and this team is out here winning, uh, people want to show up. Uh, we don't need a Wayne Rooney character. Maybe makes that twenty thousand a sellout every game with how this team is playing. But in my opinion, it's not necessary to get people in DC and the, in the surrounding area to care about this team. If they know this team is winning, they know this team is there. There is an intelligent soccer base around here, and they just want to see a winning team. They want to be out here for a winning team. It's the same with the Nationals. It's the same with the Capitals. It's the same if the Wizards ever figure it out. Um, I'm not holding my breath there. Nope, shouldn't. Uh, but when but but when the teams come out and they and and win and do well, people show up. People want to show up. People want to watch a, a successful team. And that's always been the case in DC. Always been the case in DC. So that, that I just wanted to drop that little nugget in there. Uh, I think I think we're in a if this team can continue and and the offseason discussion is going to be. In the past, we've seen this team. Not build on what, not build on success. They are always like, they were always really bad, then they'd be really good, then they'd be okay, then they'd be kind of bad, and then they'd be really bad. That's kind of been the trajectory of this team. It's always been an up and then very slow down and then crash and then back up again. Uh, So I want to see this team actually have a normal sports team progression of actually building on success. Um, So that's going to be the conversation coming up for this team. and, And I think they've got the right coach to do it. All right, folks, that's going to do it. Thank you all so much for listening. We promise we will be back live next Monday, 8.30 p.m., talking about all the all the action that we have. We have two games we're going to have to cover. We're going to have uh, women's national team to talk about, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, Patreon.com slash RFDs. Go to the Twitch channel. If you have Amazon Prime, go ahead. Drop that free Prime description. I caught up on that, so I'm good to go for the next month. Definitely catch up on that. Uh, also, Twitter. We're everywhere. Listen, <laughs> tell your friends, do all that stuff. Uh, John's going to have stickers at the game yep. on Wednesday. I know he's going to remember to bring them. I will so definitely see John for a sticker. And again, spread the love to your friends. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.